0: Well, good morning, Grace Tribe. I am so excited to spend some time with all of you this morning. I've got a little bit of coffee left to enjoy with you and a whole lot of grace that we get to share with one another this morning. So without further ado, I'm going to run the intro. It is Triber Tuesday, so we are going to bring on, back here's our graphic. We're going to bring on uh, our good friend, Tabitha Rutherford, uh, support family member, Uh, become a great friend, she and Paul, to us, and uh, exciting uh, to have her on today. We'll share a little bit more about that, but uh, here we go. Let me run the intro, and just one more time, thank you guys for pressing play on the grace of God with us today. What a treat to get to do life, which is Christ, to get to do Him as life with you. So glad you guys are here. Let's do this awakening souls to our life in christ my name is mike q daniel and we are celebrating all that we have in christ jesus by grace be sure to share your questions or prayer requests at mikeqdaniel.com and i want to welcome you to mike q daniel live with the grace tribe woohoo live with the grace tribe we are live. Good morning, Tabby. Great to see you. Is your microphone on? It's on? Oh, yeah. yeah. we can hear you. I just wanted to make I'm, sure. I'm
1: trying to contain myself. No,
0: <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. Let all the enthusiasm fly. Here's the here's the opportunity you've been waiting for.
1: <laughs> and I can get up and dance like I do when I'm making my little emojis on there. And like I love it. Like and
0: <laughs> I love it. Yes, you should. Well, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm excited. It's my pleasure. I'm excited.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, hey, Tamara Klein, Peter, it's wonderful to see you on the in the comments. I never see people who are uh, joining the show only when they show up in the comments. But what a what a gift to see you on. Listen, Tabby, uh, the reason that I thought to include you about most Tuesdays, I usually invite someone who has a known ministry or has written a book or is pastoring a church and is part of the broadcast that shows up in the broadcast and shares and encourages one another. We have quite a few people in ministry at at some level that are part of the broadcast. And so most Tuesdays for Triber Tuesday. I invite someone to come onto the broadcast and they talk about their ministry or their book or their new curriculum or their broadcast or whatever, their podcast, whatever it is that they're doing. And uh, so someone might be thinking, oh, I didn't know that Tabitha was in ministry. I didn't know that she was, you know, had a discipleship forum of some kind. And so I want to I want to give a little context to my inviting you on Um You've been on for for, uh, following the broadcast now for a while. How long have you been uh, with us? Three years. Three years. So
1: First year, it was kind of secret, but then I started like coming more and more and coming out and expressing myself after. So about three years, two years more active.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. About the the second six months you were here, we just saw a lot of emojis. (laughs) It was all just emojis. (laughs) So... Three years, at which, I, you know, I guess we're coming up. Are we past three years? Maybe we're past three years. I was thinking we were coming up on three years, but I guess we're coming up on four in February. Yeah. So pretty much since the beginning. And so when you first came on and we first chatted and you talked about supporting the ministry and, and so, of course, that was probably a year in. But we uh, kind of got to know each other, and I went by your Facebook page and saw your heart, and uh, heard some of your story in our conversations. knew a little bit about where you were coming from, and uh, have, have as all of us do, but have some tragedy in your testimony and how God is was leading you out of some of that, and really touched my heart. I think it, it connected us uh, pretty early on, and uh, you began supporting the ministry, and and uh, we became friends, and I. I, we, we actually, I grew up in an area not far from you in New Mexico. So I grew up in Carlsbad, New Mexico. I always forget that until I hear you say Clovis I think Oh, or Las Cruces. I was like, (laughs) Hey, that's right down the road for me. I grew up in Carlsbad. So, uh, anyway, the other day, I guess it was about a week and a half ago. I, uh, went back by your Facebook page and I read some of the devotional thoughts that you've been sharing. And I, uh, obviously, see your comments on the broadcast and how you are sharing with people. And I thought this woman has changed. This person has has grown. Uh, and it's easy. It's kind of like seeing your nephew. You haven't seen him in three years, and so you you see him later. And like, when did you turn into an adult? <laughs> like when it, it was like now you're like I remember in junior high, and now you're like. Married with kids, you know, you are totally. You are the same person. Your personality is the same, right. but I saw, sort of, with fresh eyes, how much you've grown up and in Christ and in your assurance of the faith and in your conversation with God, which I think was always true, but the nature of those conversations has changed. W- the conversation you seem to be having with God is different than it was three years ago when we first interacted. And so um, I got excited, to be honest. I just thought, this is awesome. I want to share this with everybody. But I realized (laughs) not everybody has the same context that I have. But tell us about that for you. What's been the transformation for you the last few years?
1: Jesus actually exposing me for who I was, who I had always have been, but got lost over the years. You know, Mm. I got lost through hurt, misguidance, pain, loss some of the things that we all experience mm-hmm. and the misunderstanding of who he is um was a big issue you know i always saw him years ago as a very judgmental you know i'm not good enough my sins are horrible how could he use me what would i why was i put here on this earth was mm-hmm. i put here to suffer and to you know am i not a child of god so many questions would go through my mind and As he led me through each one of my writings, I realized I realized he was speaking to me. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And um, and it was sharing to the world, you know, um, who he is and what he can do in your life in the process of walking through the trauma. um, The reason why the trauma happened and the purpose that we have in this life to lift each other up, to love on one another and to come back to that place that we were always meant to be in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so many people are misled because yeah. of church hurt, you know, or misled by pastors because they're condemning, they're preaching. Um, they make you feel horrible. A lot of churches will do that. Yeah. And if you are like me who didn't grow up in a home Um, going to church and learning about God, you can be misled very easy. And um, on my journey through the writing, the things that he had spoke to me to write. And the reason why I say that is because I didn't grow up in a household uh, for communication either. We didn't know how Mm -hmm. to communicate. We didn't know how to talk. Um, God taught me all along. It's always been inside me. It's just he mm-hmm. had to show me and I had to spend that time building a relationship, not the religion that everybody talks about. It is the relationship that he wants with you so that you can feel his love. You can feel mm-hmm. his presence. You can feel I mean, it hurts. It hurts when he reveals the things to you that you need to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's freeing because you realize mm-hmm. even through all those things that I went through. I'm forgiven. I'm loved. He loved me when I was my most unlovable, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to share that with the world. And it yeah. t- he's given me so much love, y'all. I can't help but love on everybody in here. <laughs> and for me, that's what he does. You you talk about verses. And one of the verses that I got led to this morning is, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you, Ephesians 4.32 32. Every verse he has led me to is for love, forgiveness, um, overcoming the things that we went through. Him giving us the strength that we need to get through, especially in this world today, especially in this world.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed uh, what one of the things that struck me when I came back by your uh, Facebook page and read some of, some of your devotional thoughts. One, they were all your communication with God, so you were unpacking what God is speaking to you. And I don't know that I n- saw that as directly before. I think that that maybe you thought that God was giving you something to share, as opposed to God giving you something for you. And now right. you're sharing what He's giving. To you, and I remember our conversations uh, earlier on in you know earlier in the broadcast, earlier in our relationship a few years ago. Uh, I don't think you you believed you were really loved. I don't right. think you really believed. So so he's put this love in you, but it's limited by you feeling how loved you are, and so everyone is more deserving, and everyone is you know, further along and everyone is, and now you're, you're sharing a conversation with God and what that looks and feels like is being loved and loving. It's not you trying to love or trying to believe or trying to do or trying to cause it's this relationship that you're putting on display. And I really, I mean, I, I, uh, that really struck me. Uh, I was going to say, I loved that. That's the the word of the day. I love all this love I loved. Uh, but it really struck me going through your page, how you are putting your relationship, not trying to put your relationship on display, but that your relationship with God is on display right. in those. And uh, not that everything has to be theologically accurate all of the time, but that there's a relational process on display. And certainly, uh, at least what I saw was all in line with truth. So it was not only a relationship on display; it was a a rightly understood relationship. And so I love that. You know, ministry is not uh, having a five hundred one c three. Ministry is not. I mean, not that again. I have a couple of those. It's not that that is wrong at all. Um, I heard someone say earlier, you know, yes, we need leadership, but they don't have to be ordained. That's true. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with being ordained, but we don't have any identity in that. Like that doesn't define us. And, uh, and anything that we're trying to define ourselves by outside of the love of God becomes an obstacle to putting authentically putting that relationship on display, which which really isn't our job. That's what happens when when we're not trying to do something else, when we right. don't have some other agenda. Then he does put his life on display. He does live through us. So anyway, it really did minister uh, to me, and I, and in part because I saw kind of where you've been and and come and and are now, and we're all still transitioning and all having our minds renewed and all growing in that. But for you to know more of what is true of you in Him experientially, for me to be able to see that difference was just it was just phenomenal. I I really did kind of warm my heart. It was fantastic. So thank you for sharing your heart.
1: Thank you. Thank you all. I mean, just to be a part of this is a blessing for me. You know, you've helped a lot in this growth and it was one of those that God kept leading me to your page and leading me to your page. And there were days I'm like, I ain't watching him today. I don't want to, I don't feel like it. (laughs) But so many words, God. <laughs> but, but he would draw me back because it was something that he wanted me to see through your ministry and what you teach to gain more understanding on his grace mm-hmm. and his love that he has for each and every one of us. And to know that we are forgiven, mm-hmm. truly forgiven once and for all, mm-hmm. you know there's no condemnation in Christ that he's love and he wants his children. He wants everybody to realize that that he'll meet you right where you're at. He's right, right there. You know, he's here. We just have to ignite that and light that path for some people because they need that. Mm. Um, As I was lost at one point, you know, he led me through different areas and different places to find what I needed to grow and to not be misled on Mm. the understanding of who he is.
0: Um, a lot so of that's people, a trick, right? Being misled. So we know what's happened. Yes. And I think the enemy has programmed religious processes and false identities and culture wars and our own flesh patterns. I think the enemy has programmed those things to misinterpret what's happened to us.
1: Yes, I agree. I agree. And so many people still are in the Old Testament where they think that you still have to live by the Old Testament, the rules. Um, you know, I've had people look at me and judge me and people will do that till the day the good Lord takes me home and people will like you and people won't like you. And that used to be hard for me over the years because of being alone a lot. But God has showed me it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Just let him do that work in and through me so that others can see what he does and what he will do for everybody else, you know, Mm -hmm. to grow and to learn and realize that nobody is better than you
0: know, we're all right, right. We're 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 all in process. You know, I think we mistakenly often teach or hear or have a perspective that maturity is this linear process. Like I'm here and I need to get here and then I need to get here. Right. And we, we think that we're, you know, moving up this, like a, a car being pulled up a, a mountain on a chain, you know, a cable car. Uh, and that that's not what growth is. It's much more holistic. And so you're growing this way and I'm growing that way and someone else is growing this way. And so we're growing in different directions at different times. None of us look uh, complete, but we're complete in Christ and growing in different areas at different times. And together, here's the incredible thing. Put Tabby and I and Carolyn and Kelly and Megan and Rob, put us all together and what you see is a fuller picture of all the fullness yes. of Christ because Rob's out here and I'm out here and Tabby's out here and Patty's over here. And so together we get a fuller picture of the, the whole, a, a more holistic picture of the fullness of Christ. So when Paul is talking about, not your husband, Paul, <laughs> though he might also, <laughs> and the apostle Paul is talking about um, until we all reach maturity in the fullness of christ he's talking about together the togetherness when he says christ in you is the hope of glory he literally that's a plural you it's it's uh, hard to translate the greek into english because singular you and plural you are the same it's a plural you christ in all y'all together the sing the, the plural you in the plurality of believers is the hope of glory so it really is our increasingly being available for what he wants to do through us in this body life. And I and I think in most religious circles in corporate Americana churchianity, we've lost most natural, organic, relational one anothering. Like that's just been lost because there's an agenda. There's um you know, something that here's how you plug in. You want to do good things for God, plug into church this way. And we become assimilators instead of disciple makers. People aren't growing in their relationship. They're growing in their task list, which fits our culture perfectly, but it misses the heart of, of God, the familial heart that he's given us for each other. So anyway, it's been awesome. Tell, tell us a little bit. uh, Is there anything, is there anything that you see differently in your own life than you did um, three, four years ago? What's changed in your perspective of your own life?
1: Mm, How to love my family. Mm. Um, Even through the hard times that we're going through and the struggles that we're currently going through, I can still love and still forgive as he walks us through the process of the healing, um, knowing that... um, Someday my son will come around, mm. um, holding on to that hope. I'm no longer. I go around with a smile on my face 24-7, and a lot of people are like, I would never know you were going through that. And it's like I can't help it because it's the joy that he has put inside my heart. Mm. Um, it's, it's been about seven years when he really worked on me and revealed so much to me. That I can't contain it. The smile just goes. It goes. Mm-hmm. And some people like that and some people don't. But I just yeah. keep going anyway. I love them. Um, even the people who are sometimes mean. I've learned to love them through it. Or love them anyway. Because they're hurting. I know they're hurting. One way or another they got hurt in their life. Mm-hmm. Or they're hurting. Or they just never really knew who God was. Right? Mm-hmm. Knew God is I should say. Because yeah. I was that person at one right. point. You know, um, I was mean to people. I was (laughs) because I was hurting, you know,
0: hurting. So the neediness in our circumstances causes us to to live needy and often spiteful. I deserve more than I'm getting from everybody because I'm lacking and I shouldn't be lacking. And it's living from the wrong source that makes us bitter and the bitterness that makes us or the, I guess that makes us needy. Living from the wrong source keeps us needy, and that neediness Absolutely. can make us bitter or depressed or uh, egomaniacal. Jealous. So a lot of religion is born out of that neediness yes. for significance, right? And 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 a lot of our embitterment is born out of our hurtful, you know, our being hurt. So yes. yeah, yeah, you know a little bit about that.
1: I do. I do through the, you know, um, most people know that my first husband had committed suicide years, years ago on the phone with me. And on top of family life, that just added to my trauma um, for things that I had went through.
0: And, and that wasn't the first domino of tragedy in your life. That was just another, I mean, a big one for sure. But, uh, know you weren't that wasn't the starting point that was in addition to struggles you would already been having and hadn't worked through and
1: and didn't know how to because when when you don't have anybody to talk to or you think you don't have anybody to talk to if we go way back to a childhood one conversation i did have with my mom and this is kind of bunny hopping but i want to get this part out there she did tell me in one of the moments when i was a little girl and i was in the bedroom crying it was an incident where my dad You know, they were having a day um, and um, my mom came in there and sat next to me on the bed and she said, there's this guy that they call God. She goes, talk to him. He'll make you feel better. She never realized in that moment that she planted that seed, you know. Um, But surprisingly, we didn't grow up in that household, you know. Um, That's
0: amazing that she recognized that you needed a source of encouragement outside of yourself or outside of her or outside of your home that's amazing
1: absolutely and you know i started as a little girl started talking to this god just calling him my friend
0: yeah how perfect. So,
1: you know i grew talking you know it may have been weird for some people but that's how i saw it i was like but i felt better every time i talked to him but did it help my situation not at the time because i still didn't understand hmm. you know it's it's totally different right um but the things that i walked through and the things that i've been through and i know everybody goes through trauma in their life there's something traumatic in their life um god can heal all that you know even down to the forgiveness of my first husband even though he's deceased i was actually finally able to truly forgive him from the bottom of my heart for everything
0: meaning for the hurtfulness yes from committing suicide yes yeah
1: and i was able to release that and that way god was able to work with me to reach others who deal with um people that have have lost family members in a tragic way yeah um it's it's beautiful. I can't explain it. It's just one of those emotions that just radiates. Anytime I'm around somebody or I talk to somebody, the compassion that he fills our heart with, you know, the understanding um, to be there for somebody, to truly be there for somebody is different.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I remember teaching, uh, and and I, I had been invited back to one of the churches where I had previously been a pastor, but it was probably a decade later and i was doing a, a study it was kind of a large small group so there's probably 50 60 people i don't even remember but it was you know a kind of a large classroom and I was walking people through identity and sufficiency and security in Christ, which I I often sort of talk about our sufficiency isn't from circumstances, our security isn't from circumstances, and our significance, you know, three S's, I kind of break it down that way. So our, our value or significance, our safety and comfort or security, and our... Uh, uh, sufficiency. What we need is really not from the circumstance. It's more relational, internal, eternal than circumstantial. And so not that God can't use other people to make us feel secure, or give us comfort. He obviously right. does or to meet our needs or whatever, but they never become the source. Right. So I was teaching those three things, security in Christ, significance in Christ, sufficiency in Christ, and all by grace. And since we have those needs met, we can live a more available life, that his love and sufficiency for us becomes love and sufficiency to other people. And so that's what I was unpacking, and it was fresh to the people that we were talking to. And I I watched the whole time a guy kind of in the back, almost in the back of the room, just get angrier and angrier, and like you could just... It was like by the end, he was like, <laughs> you know, he was just clearly getting frustrated. And so I came up to him uh, later and said, um, you know, I can, I can see you're getting frustrated. He said, yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not ready to talk about it. I'm not sure I believe all this. Okay, well, let's talk later. And so we said we would talk later. We got back together after the break and I taught a little bit more. And he finally just said, you can just tell that you've never been through anything. You've never suffered anything like you would never say that he's enough for you. If you hadn't gone, if you'd gone through, you know, real pain, it was pretty much what he was saying. And I said, well, let's talk after like, okay, like the truth isn't less true because of what you go through. It's not more true because of what you go through. But I understand that it lacks credibility if, you know, you don't know where it's coming from. So we met afterwards and I talked about relational tragedy and uh, car accidents and chronic pain and things that I deal with. And walked through some of those things and he goes, I don't understand. How can you be up there hurting, talking about the sufficiency of God? You're hurting while you're talking about the sufficiency of Christ. And so the message that we share is often limited by the context that people assume that you're in. Uh, so we talk all the time about, well, you know, people won't receive the truth. Well, they have to receive it in context. So when they see you loving them, they'll assume that you agree with their lifestyle choices or agree with their sin patterns or agree with their whatever political ideology, whatever it is. And then when they find out that you don't and you knew all along what their ideology or their lifestyle choices or their sin patterns were. You were just loving them anyway. Right. Then it's just like what Jesus did with the woman at the well. He met her and she knew that he was being awfully accepting and generous to- toward her and found out after the fact that he knew everything about her. He knew all of her sin. He knew who she was. He knew that she was hiding And then reconciling those things. Oh, he was loving me like that, even though he knew I'm like this. And that changed everything. One without the other, she was hearing all the truth, but didn't change her life. She knew who she was, but that didn't empower her to change her life. Him loving her and then discovering that that love was in the context of really knowing her and not agreeing with her lifestyle, but loving her anyway changed everything right. and so in the same way I think people knowing seeing your joy and then hearing something of your story gives credibility to the supernatural reality of that joy and that love and yes. that freedom and so it's it's the context with the truth that makes it ring true in people's life or at least otherworldly right in people's lives
1: yes. So. And that is one thing that he has been working with me on. He There was a lot of things that had to be uprooted out of me, you know, to be able to see the truth behind all the lies that I had thought and believed right. in for years. Um, and man... There's a lot
0: of blame, I remember, in our early couple of conversations that, you know, what you deserved or uh, feeling somehow responsible, yes. kind of hiding from God or feeling yes. belittled.
1: Yes, yes. Me, it was always hiding. You think you can hide, but you can't. He already knows everything, you know, Um, hiding from the world because if I hid from people, they weren't going (laughs) to know, you know, and realizing now that the world needs to see this. They need to hear this. Um, And I wouldn't picture myself here today if it wasn't for what God has done, you know.
0: I love that. Well, I love that you're here today, my friend. And, uh, I don't know Paul as well as I've gotten to know you. Uh, and some just in the interactions on the, on, in the group over three years, but some one on one with you when you first got started and then seeing the, the change. And so I wanted to do a couple of things. I, my goal, my goal is an overstatement, sounds so agendized, but my, my thinking, my, uh, heart in having you on, I think, um, I mean, it was God directed. I don't know that I have this uh, uh, buttoned down completely, but I think I saw the change and I wanted people to be encouraged by that change and that our goal, people, our goal is not change. We're not trying to change. No. We're growing in a relationship and then the change happens without us necessarily yes. knowing it. Now, if I were to ask you, if you were to say that you have more joy in your life now than you did three years ago, you'd go, Oh yeah. Like that's obvious to me as an outsider, but uh, that's not through trying to have more joy or trying to have more peace. That's growing, growing in a relationship with Christ. He becomes the focus and everything else becomes the fruit. Wow. I should write that down. That that'll preach. He becomes the focus (laughs) and everything else becomes the fruit. And most people are experiencing fruit in their life that, they d- wish they didn't have. You know, they no one wants to eat that fruit. It's right. unsustaining fruit. It's rotten fruit. And, um, and if we want a fruit change, we don't try to grow different fruit. We focus on a different source. Right. And anyway, so I've seen that objectively as an outsider, and uh, I I think that you were trying to gain something of Christ when we first met. Yes. And I think that you're increasingly just enjoying him and not as mindful of what you're gaining from him now. And that's fantastic. That in and of itself is maturity. So yeah, I'm trying um, to
1: jump in my seat, y'all, because that's so true. You it's know, so true. I, I, three years ago, I was that person thought I had to earn something. I had to do more. I had to work harder. Y'all, that's exhausting. And it will wear you down and it will cause you to back off. Sometimes it'll cause you to just turn the other direction say, I give up because I got to that point many times. And now it's just every day is just, I don't know how to explain it. I walk out, I talk to him, I walk with him. You know, my husband, Paul can tell you, we can get into an argument. And sometimes I just laugh at him and not being to degrade him.
0: (laughs) I bet he loves that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: not funny, and I'm like, Oh, but it is. I said, why are you getting so angry? Let's talk about this, you know, but I'm saying it with a smile on my face yeah. and sometimes it does drive him nuts, but I can't contain it. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. it's hard not to, and his level of anger, um, because he does struggle with some things himself sure. from being retired military mm-hmm. um, has changed over the years too. I mean, my kids can vouch for that. And it's all in the walk of love that I had to learn. Well, not even learn. It's just what God had to feel in me that I couldn't do myself. Mm -hmm. Trying to love him myself was Mm -hmm. just making it harder, if that makes sense. Yeah. So the love that he filled in me that just flows from God. Yeah. And different. it's not the
0: product of trying to love right. That's I, like our, our trying to get better at something, trying to get closer to God, trying to become something more that just never works. It's the equivalent right. of, a, I use this illustration quite a bit. Um, it's the equivalent of a little child trying to dress like dad. That's yes. not what he's called us to. He's equipped us where we are for what he has us in that day to grow from where we are to where we're going next. It's not the product of us trying to grow. Right. Um, it's knowing him more and trusting him more. He's more faithful than we know, and we're freer than we know, and we don't discover that by trying. We discover it by walking with him. And right. and we are with him, but being intentional in that. Right.
1: That walk. And all those That's things okay. that we used to do, they slowly start diminishing. You know, mm-hmm. they just disappear.
0: Doesn't help. Doesn't, doesn't add.
1: Right. Um, right.
0: It's not really an obstacle either. It just is occupying.
1: Yeah. And so it's also the way this whole time, I thought it was my husband that needed to change. (laughs) Um, 23 years, I'm like, Jesus, you need to change him because I can't. (laughs) He's like, let's
0: work on you first.
1: (laughs) Bingo. Exactly. He did that with me through all this writing that I've been doing over the years was like a journal for my life. But also I was ministering to myself with his help, I guess he was teaching right. me through what I was ministering. I'm right. trying to say that right. right. Um So everything that I put out there, I'm excited. If it helped somebody else, I'm excited if it touched them and, and it gave them what they needed for the day. There's many times I've wanted to quit, say, God, I'm done. And he's like, we're not finished yet.
0: Yeah. And
1: I see the change in the writing. I see how I'm relaying certain things and putting it out there. But It was also to work with me, to Mm -hmm. love my family, my husband, my children, regardless of what we're going through, um, the way that we're supposed to so that in time, that prodigal son will come home. In Mm -hmm. time, things will heal in his timing. If it works out his way, his way is better. I don't Mm -hmm. want it my way anymore. My way was causing pain. It was causing suffering. It was causing hurt. Mm damage.
0: And that he has a plan for and will work through just like your, your arguments with a spouse working or working on you, not on them. So, so those things don't escape the sovereignty of God, but it doesn't mean what I'm doing is helpful. (laughs) I'm hurting other people just because he's sovereign over that doesn't mean that I'm participating with him or that that's his desire for me or for them. Yeah. Right. But, but we do have solace in realizing that God is gracious and has a plan for that and he can heal what we've been used in, in being hurtful. He still can heal and has a plan for it, Absolutely. but it doesn't mean, uh, uh, it doesn't mean that I have to carry the guilt of not being good enough either.
1: Right. Right. And I think a lot of people do that, especially when trauma happens in their life, mm-hmm. um, they take it and they feel like they're being punished by god because some churches actually will say you're being punished by god right. and that's not true you know
0: so as we were getting started you were uh, before we actually went live you were telling me a story about how important this kind of community is to you because being in some other uh venues you haven't had some great experiences you want to yes. share something of that with everybody
1: One of them was a church that we had attended um, several years back, and it was a church that was slowly growing, and it was a good church. The ministry was good, Um, but after being there for about two years, I want to say two, almost three years before that happened, but the, the pastor had met us before, we were leaving the church after a service. That and
0: you're not was, talking about a church that's tens of thousands of people. You're talking about a church that's probably a few hundred people.
1: Yes. And we were leaving and he went to introduce himself again and give us a welcome packet. And I'm like, we, we've been here for like almost three years. And when you start losing that connection with your yeah. your congregation, the people that are there. I think it's important, especially when somebody's hurting, you know, or somebody's there looking for something um, to learn more about God, to to guide them the right way. Yeah. Um, it's not just that. It's also the fact that I've heard the same. I'm not going to mention it, the name of the church, but they said that to be a part of the church or to be able to participate in the church, you have to speak in tongues.
0: Right. Which is just right. a law. We, we put people under obligation and right. performance pressure and people start trying to do the very things that only Christ can do right. and uh, presuming upon what that will be. And you know, that, that's just not God's plan for anybody.
1: Yes, exactly. So, you know, and it's not just one church, it's other churches that we have tried to be a part of. You have your churches that have their cliques and, um, they don't want to, um, when you're the new person, they have a harder time allowing you in. And that's understandable too, at the same time. You know, that's something that God was kind of showing me, you know, they're used to these people because it was a small church and they don't know you. They don't know if your your intentions are, or, you know, they they just didn't know enough enough about you to, to be that welcoming or they welcome you in and then you see the real them. But then God's like, you have to remember the church is full of hurting people, you know. So these are things that he's also had to show in me to keep me going, to keep being fed, to keep learning. Um, And now that I have that understanding of his grace and who he is and the love that he has and what he's wanting from his children in this world right now it can't compare to anything else that i've been through you know there are a lot of churches that will mislead and you still have to be careful um because a lot of those churches will detour that person and you may lose them to christ you know what i mean it's it hurts to see people like that it hurts that if they want to be free about expressing their love for christ you know you hush them don't hush them let them be free to just embrace god in that moment to work in their hearts to to penetrate in that part that we can't you know somebody's rejoicing out loud and they're dancing go for it you know um some people can be out there but (laughs) (laughs) i know i'm not that wild y'all but i do get excited now it has changed it has changed and there's just, you you can't contain it. He wants people to see that. He wants people yeah. to know who he is. He's not someone who thinks you're just horrible because of the choices you made in life. You know, he already knew you were going to do that.
0: It's amazing that we're not, um, I think all of us are growing all the time in and are not being defined by our history abilities. That that we're increasingly, to grow in Christ is to be increasingly defined in our own thinking by his love toward us, not our effectiveness for God or our intellect or our history, good or bad, right? So we're we're often defining ourselves in our own mind in, in a false way. And so to grow in Christ is to increasingly see us mostly as just beloved, just loved. Right. But that really is the defining characteristic of Mike. And then what he does through me is the byproduct of my associating with his love toward me. And, and, and I don't get to define myself by where he places me or how he use me, uses me. That's, that's his problem. Right. <laughs> that's his issue. The more that we are defined by, in our own thinking, his love toward us, as he defines us, is his beloved, then the more we get to see the unique expressions of that love through each other. Um, But it's not ever defining us. Right. It makes us available instead of making us try harder. And it's a much easier life, isn't it?
1: Yes, it is. So many people throughout the years try to, when you grow up, you you are defined into not turning out to be something good. You're going to be this, you're going to be that. The world will label you. Yeah, no.
0: And is trying to label you, you know, if right. you can conform to a pattern that they can define good or bad with me against me, you know, then then they are self justifying by saying you're bad for all these reasons. That's why you right. disagree with me or you agree with me. So you're right no matter what. Uh, that's crazy. That's what we do in the political process as if there's a single healthy politician in office today there's not there's right. not there there's only agenda and if we can't see it for what it is then we're going to uh be pretending and idolizing and causing conflict because we're trying to justify by who we divide right. and who we align with instead of being okay in Christ and seeing everything as it is and not having to divide from anyone or align with anyone because we're complete in Christ. You know, I don't have to be uh, aligned with everyone because of any other issue besides Christ. It's not race or gender or politics or uh, social background or finances or some strata of society or nationality. There is no defining reality of tabby or of Mike except Christ. So Tabby and I are one in Christ and anyone not in Christ, we just want that for them. We don't All have right. to divide or align around any other issue. And I think people are trying to, to find their lines of conformity. Is this per- You go to a church and people are trying to say, are they going to fit in and we can affirm them? Or are they not going to fit in and we're going to villainize them? And, and so a lot of religion, a lot of culture, a lot of society is trying to, affirm ourselves by aligning and dividing with other people. We just are free of that or can be free of that.
1: And then we lose our identity in the midst of that. We lose our real
0: identity because we're
1: living from all these
0: false identifications.
1: Right. And that was partially where I was going. I got to a point to where I, I was confused at who I was. And I even said that to my husband, Paul, at one time. Jesus, I don't even know who I am anymore. You know, it got to that point. I, it's There's so much there that's bottled up in me and in time, I hope to share it. But I'm not perfect. I'm not ever going to be perfect, you know.
0: Not in your behavior.
1: Right. But perfect
0: is just complete and you are complete. Yes. You are lacking nothing Amen. in Christ. That's so perfect. I always want to—I mean, I don't always correct that, but, well, nobody's perfect. Well, Jesus is perfect, and Jesus okay. is in you. He's the defining reality of you, so you're perfect. Scripture says he's made you perfect. Yes. The problem is we don't live from what he's given. We're still striving in the flesh, but we're not right. lacking anything.
1: And occasionally, I still do that. Occasionally, sure. I have my— recently he started showing me where i was trying to take things on on my own i have this issue with control i feel like if i control it myself
0: nobody can relate to that tabby (laughs) issue with control
1: (laughs) and i'm like jesus that one is hard there is a specific Mm. area that he is trying to work out of me to show me it's okay but me trying to control it makes a bigger mess. And it really Mm -hmm. does. And Mm -hmm. then you start going backwards a little bit and other things start piling up on top of that because I've already tried to take control of the situation myself. And that's saying that I can do it better than God. And that's not true.
0: That's right. That's right. And you don't really believe that when you see it with clarity. Right. But you believe sort of the shadowed version of that of going, well, it's up to me. I've got to fix this. Or, oh, right. we're not thinking about whether or not he's sufficient. We're just trying to be sufficient. So we're distracted or we're deceived. Yes. And it's usually a combination of those things. So, well, I have shared recently that, um, the, a couple of the things that God has put on my heart and that he's showing me is, uh, to To be generous in conversation, to be generous in my time, to be because it's generosity, at least in the way that I'm thinking of it, that makes us fully present. Like I right. can afford to be just with you in this conversation with, you know, a couple hundred of our closest friends. But I but I want to have a conversation with you and I don't have to try to look good to them. I can right. afford. Right. That's the generosity. Grace affords me generosity to be present with you and, you know to heck with the consequences of whatever that might mean or, you know, whatever. We don't have to control those outcomes, right. you can know, afford, by grace to be generous with our time, to be uh, generous with our attention, to be generous with our finances, to be generous with our, um, with other people's uh, uh, value. Like I want, I want people to know and value you.
1: Right.
0: It's not a threat to me. Right. So we can, we can give a lot away without losing anything. That's a, a So I want to live financially and otherwise. Cer- certainly there's a financial contingent to this, but generosity is an issue of the heart. And I think as we are wanting to, uh, as we recognize how much we want to be givers, then we uh, get to do that as we trust him. Right. Because there isn't a person listening to me, if they're in Christ, that isn't generous. I'm not trying to be more generous. I'm... Uh, trusting God more so that I can be who I believe I am. That is my heart. Um, But generosity and gentleness that I want to be, uh, I see Jesus being so right and others being so wrong and him being so tender. There are exceptions, but he's so gentle with people, caring for them. And, uh, you know, that he had compassion on people. And so he shared a hard truth. The rich young ruler is like, well, tell me what I have to do to enter into the kingdom of God. And this is his. He had this guttural compassion for him, so he said, "Well, if you really want to, then do this. Let me reveal your heart obstacle. You're trying to be self righteous, and you're trying to buy your own way in by your activity and your significance, and like you're identifying in the wrong thing. So if you'll give up these things and follow me instead of being." your own person apart from me then then give up all the false identity and you can enjoy the identity and the kingdom mindedness that you get from me and of course he went away sad that was out of his love for him it says that he had compassion on him so he told him a truth he couldn't receive i don't know that i i don't know that i operate that way all the time i often are going no you're wrong this is what's right you know it's easy for me to to want to be right Jesus wanted him to be right. He corrected him because he wanted him to be right. Right. So um, anyway, it, it's, uh, those are the things that are on my heart. I'm, I'm really seeing God, you talked about control. Mm-hmm. I'm really seeing God opening to me. My own heart to be generous is, is not me trying to be generous. It's trusting him enough to be generous. To be, because that's already on my heart. I want to be generous but I'm hesitant out of my trust issues. And we all have trust issues. Right. That's the only thing God is working on is our trust issues. To give up control is to trust him more Absolutely. instead of controlling. To be more gentle with people is to give up what we want to see happen so yes. that we can afford to be more gentle. Well, we obviously want that. I want to be gentle and generous, and you want to be less controlling or you know needy of an outcome. Uh, That's already our heart. So if we can recognize that that is our heart, then instead
1: of us trying to be more, we can try to trust him
0: more. And And that's uh, just
1: it. The, The trust is the main thing that surrounds everything. Everything.
0: It is. That's it. You know, believe upon him to put your hope, your trust, your faith, if you will, which is just a choice of your hope. I'm putting my faith in him. I'm choosing to put my hope squarely, completely, increasingly, just on Christ by grace, not, right. marriage, not trying to control. Well, that's awesome. I sure do enjoy uh that we got to spend some time together. Um, I feel like it's just you and me, but it's, it's fun. I know. <laughs> you know a thousand other people by tomorrow. Yeah, will to enjoy our conversation.
1: I was excited. I was excited. I'm like, there was so much, and I'm like, God, you're gonna have to help me with my mouth because I can go and go and go. Because I don't I know can- anything about oh, that. I don't boy. I can't
0: relate to that at all.
1: So I was like, we, we got to work. I think the only thing I was nervous over was learning not to bunny hop. Cause sometimes I want to get a story out there, you know? And it's like, just, just go with the flow. You yeah. know, um, Corey Jenkins was one of them who told me, he said, just be yourself.
0: That's right. <laughs> well, and that's what we want. You know, before we even got on, I was talking about, Hey, don't, don't plan too much, have some things in mind, but don't worry about the conversation. The spirit directs that and It's so much easier together than it would ever be, you know, for someone to do on their own. I do this on my own all the time, but it's just easy for us to have a natural ping ponging conversation. And we might have some questions or we might have some topics or some things to share. Certainly, I want people to know your heart and a little bit about your testimony, even if they don't have a lot of the details that make that so poignant, they get they get a taste of it. And uh, I want to encourage folks that are uh, watching uh, to the end here today, uh, if you're uh, not yet following, is your Facebook page public? Yes. Okay, I thought that it was. If you're uh, watching today, you can just go to Tabitha Rutherford's Facebook page, read some of those devotionals, let them speak to you as she does them. No pressure for you, Tabby. I know you're not like my daily Uh, devotional. I'm not trying to Uh, put that on you um, at all, but uh, just keep sharing from your heart as God leads and whatever that looks like. And I hope to have you back. Thanks so much for being here today.
1: Me too. We got more.
0: (laughs) We've got so much more between your wordiness and my wordiness. We've got so much more.
1: <laughs>
0: so. Well, thank you again for being here.
1: Thank you for having me. This was awesome, guys. And it was awesome. I see everybody on there. I do see everybody. Vanessa, I see Diane. Uh, Isila, I love you. I know she was here for a little bit and had to go. Um, Sheila, I love everybody here. I- <laughs> and I'm, I kept looking over because I'm watching everybody go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, we can see the comments. We can't see everybody yes. joining or leaving or whatever, but we can see the yes. comments. So, Well, it's a real blessing. Uh, I've enjoyed being able to get to know you a little bit, and I wanted everyone else to have that blessing as well. Thank, thank you. you, Tabby. Really, thank you for being part of this community. Thank you for contributing. You always say, I'm going into listening mode. I'm going to try. Anyway, stop that. You just keep sharing your heart. You be you in this community. It ministers to people your enthusiasm and, uh, your tenderheartedness, uh, and your growing and revelation. You get so, you, I used to see this more. I think you're stifling yourself a little bit. You used to have such revelation and it would be like an emoji, a sea of emoji. Yes. You'd be like, ah, that's yes. a fantastic. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think you feel like you need to not do that. And I'm just telling you that ministers to people's hearts. So you be you, you let your enthusiasm and your revelation and your excitement, uh, continue to minister to people's hearts. And, uh, as you grow, and as you see things that are happening, we'll just keep, uh we'll just keep sharing that. So thank you for being part of the community. I was going to say, and thank you for being part of uh, our support family. Uh, a lot of people wonder, you know, I don't have enough to give or I can't do much. It's like, that's really not what it's about. It's about participating. Yes. And so um, it, it means the world to me that we actually get to do this work together because you participate with what you're able to share in this, this work. I love that. I feel like we're not ever having to do anything alone. It's beautiful.
1: I love it. I love the community. I love the people I love the stories. There's people that I've gotten to know on here and grow with as well. And they're all amazing. Everybody has an amazing testimony. Everybody has a walk that they're going through, you know. Um, And what they're
0: learning of God can contribute to your own experience. Yes,
1: absolutely. I grow from some of the stories that I hear from other people, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, I always told my husband, I said, he gave me a difficult husband to love, but there's a reason for this. (laughs) And it's, to, I'm it's sure He loves that. Yeah. Hard, you know, <laughs> but it's an amazing group of people. This is like, I love y'all. You all are amazing. Yeah. And just to see what God can do over time with each and every one of them. And I've seen a few on here. They know it, too. But I also see where they were where I was at one point in my life too. Right. You know, it's exciting
0: when you start to see people participating in a process that you can relate to. And so regardless of where they are, you have some confidence of where they're going to be and they need that confidence. Yes. Like they need that assurance that it's okay that they're in that process. And that's a big part of the value of being part of a community like this.
1: And I keep telling them, just hang on because you're right there. You're so close. Don't give up because that's where you need to be. Like he's there working with you in this and it's not everything that they're going through. He already knew.
0: Right. Right. I I like for people to stay plugged in, in part because I don't want them to lose sort of the track that they're on. It's easy for the path to get foggy. And I, I just love the path that they're on. And, um, you know, not that, not that we don't all come and go and have other things going on in life and ministry and everything else, but uh, that's why I don't charge for, you know, this kind of a a program. I just want people to have easy, consistent access uh, because the world and religion and other voices can dilute the truth of of Christ by grace in each and every one of you. And we need, if y'all are listening today, then just like Tabby, uh, my heart toward her, toward you as well, we need you to be a part of the family of faith. We need what God is doing in your life as he makes it useful in ours. And so that's what this is really about. That's why we do Triber Tuesday. And Tabby, I am going to need to let you go. We're running later than uh, we ought to, but it's it's hard. It's hard to do because I've greatly enjoyed it and I appreciate your friend. Yeah. Thanks.
1: Thank you. All right, you
0: guys. Thank you. You guys, as I always say, I bet Tabby can say it with me. Know Christ, grow in grace, go love like crazy.
1: Go love like crazy. That's
0: what I say. Love like crazy. Go love like crazy. That's the fruit, right?
1: That's the fruit. We got to know him and grow in grace to be able to do that. Make somebody uncomfortable when they're mean to you. Just (laughs) tell them you love them. You know what? You'd be surprised at the reaction you would get. I've done it and it's it's wonderful. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's awesome. Yeah, be surprisingly loving. Just see what God does. All right, you guys. Thank you. Have an awesome day. Love y'all. See you tomorrow. Thanks, Tab.